Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Yeah, welcome back to The Driver's Seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, and together, we are building Australia. Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson back for another big year V8 Supercars. Right now, though, it's time for our feature interview for IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR. Along with Rick Kelly for 2003, Greg Murphy and the Kmart team are the champions at Bathurst. Murphy and Kelly make it two in a row. Beauty, mate. Well done. Great drive. Extraordinary performance from those guys. Rick Kelly is the champion for 2006. Twice a Bathurst champion. He's been a V8 Supercar champion of yesteryear. Kelly concludes a magical win. Wins at 150 points. Arguably the most famous Rick that we'll have on the driver's seat. Uh, tell you what, he's <laughs> get that chuckle. Won't be Rick here. Astley, mate. It won't be Rick Astley doing the white man shuffle in the long trench coat. I can give you the strong tip. We'll be hearing a lot more highlights in 2020 because, as we said, as we found out last year, that the Kelly gang would be making the move to Mustangs. We've seen both liveries on both Andre Heimgartner's Ned Whiskey Mustang, and we just saw last Monday actually. The um, Castrol Mustang, which looks absolutely tremendous. But please welcome back to the driver's seat for the first time to kick us off in 2020, Rick Kelly. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Welcome Mate, back, you Rick. must be shagged. <laughs> you must be absolutely shagged because the build of the off-season of the Mustangs, then the 12-hour with Aston Martin, and we got the, the, the test day and... Adelaide coming up, almost called it Clipsal, first go of the year. Bang. Almost did that. Cha-ching. <laughs> Cha-ching. Uh, mate, you, A, you must be very proud, but you must be knackered because you guys have worked damn hard. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit tired now, but largely the build process has been kept away from me because obviously I don't have much input into the design work itself and, and the production side of the business has very much you know, Todd. So um, he's worked, you know, basically every day since um, Newcastle on on the project. He's point there where his caravan at work on the machine shop of a night as well. So he's wow. definitely more tired than, than myself. The 12-hour the program you briefly touched on for me took a fair bit of my, my time and energy. And then since I've returned back from that, obviously my side of the, of the business really, really starts to kick in into into the full swing of things so obviously a little bit of stuff on the commercial side and then just helping in the team now with branding and stuff like that and, and the driver side of things preparing for that and all the, you know the crap you do the, all the photography and videography and all the stuff that yeah. you know takes up a fair bit of time so yeah for sure that's that's been um 
a big a big part of it that you know you, and, you, and you look at the news on the mobile phone and on your feeds and there's teams out there doing ride days and test days and everything else and we've got our car sprayed all across the floor of our workshop so <laughs> it's um you know it's it's a different sort of preparation for us but we knew that it's a it's a massive undertaking to swap from one manufacturer to another and some teams have done it in the past but i don't think anyone has done it to this extent where we've designed and built an engine in-house again in that in that time frame all the other teams that have yeah. made manufacturer changes have um outsource that i know exactly where you're coming from mate having a car sprawled out all over the floor but mine was an xd falcon but um i mean give give us a bit of an insight for the the 12 hour i briefly saw you down there and um you know it was a wild weekend wasn't it we saw some um big shots massive crashes some massive damage one of them was your teammate and um and and saw some pretty cool racing as well yeah i really loved it it's a project i've actually been working on for six months with the team and obviously Castrol and BP to put it together. Um, and that started with, you know, the negotiating or pitching to the sponsors and negotiating that with the team to get it all to come together. And then the test in Portugal to announce it, which went really well. Um, that was a fun experience turning up to a track in the middle of absolutely nowhere with a, a million dollar car sitting in the garage with my name on it. It was really cool, actually. And then, um, that was probably the most fun of the, I've had in the entire project. Then you get to Bathurst and deal with the balance of performance you know, um, issues that go on in the category and the, and just the weekend itself was probably one of the busiest weekends I've I've had. And um, I thought the 12 hours was a little more relaxed. It certainly isn't anymore with, with everything going on. But, yeah, it was a great experience. I recall the crash very well of, the, of our sister car. Um, I was standing in the middle of the engineering station when it happened. And, um, you know, it's like you've been to Bathurst so many times. You look at a crash of that scale and I the way I saw the crash on the screen I'm like that's not good there's you know there's a very good chance the driver in that car is not okay um you know and you're standing there looking at the crew and the people around who are very close to you know Marvin and the guys and I got a great guy that I'd spent a little bit of time with now as well and you're just like you you know you're just standing there waiting to take a breath until the you know the safety guy belted on the window and, and gave the thumbs up and it was obviously a big relief to everyone in the team once once we knew he was okay. Mate, take us back um, to the end of last year. Nissan's finished. You're into the Mustang thing now. Some big decisions in the off-season, not going to do a Dunlop program. Um, you've yeah. gone from four cars down to two cars. Apart from the build, and that's yeah. obviously a, a really big deal, but is there a, still a sense of, I don't know, relaxation that, oh, we've only got two cars to worry about this this year. They're well-funded or they're funded. Um, once we get to Adelaide or once we get to the test day at the bend, we're hopefully going to be good to go just to develop now. Is there a still, is there a bit of a sense of, of relief that it's not four cars and Dunlop series and all that kind of thing? Um, actually, right at the moment, there's not because I, I just don't think it even would have been possible with four. With two, it's it's been such a massive undertaking. And the way the Ford Mustang is built, it's you know it doesn't just piece together like a Meccano set. Everything has to be trimmed to size and you know the way the doors themselves are built and bonded together out as you know different pieces of carbon is very different to what we're used to so there's a learning process in that there's like three days to build a set of doors whereas with Nissan you get a door and you cut you cut it up a bit because it's steel and you bolt it on it's a 15 minute process so um, there's a massive learning curve for the team there and that you know that's taken up a lot of time like the shakedowns being pushed back just a smidgen to allow us to finish these cars and at this point we still haven't turned a wheel or started an engine inside the car so it, it, you know it's um 
it, we got our backsides hanging out just to get to the track to have them ha- have them ready to go. So there's not so much relief at the moment, but certainly when we hit the track, I think and, and settle back down, get a few hours more sleep under the belt of the the crew, then then that that will definitely come because when you're at the track, you're not trying to manage four drivers, four engineers, two B doubles, and it, it's a lot mm. of the time more than more than fifty percent more of the headache you know because you, you you just still have a similar amount of people but you've got four lots of naming rights and, and 48 different business partners to look after and just all that stuff so now we can just focus on two cars doing a good job of that and someone once once we get over this significant hump it's more of a i guess a mountain than a hump to just get the cars to the track you haven't actually turned a wheel on the on your new castrol mustang yet i mean literally the the bp ultimate super test is next tuesday so are you a bit nervy that that's going to be the first time you jump in the car well we said we're going to run mustangs we didn't say when (laughs) (laughs) might have to be 2021 (laughs) no i'm i'm not really getting nervous i mean todd's done a lot of work on the engine it's been um on the dyno and he's um, been up in Brisbane with it as well recently to get it all okayed and stuff. They've done an incredible job of that. Um, they're very happy with the first first shot at it that they've had. And then um, beyond that, you know, the guys know what they're doing. We've, although we've built uh, basically two brand new cars from the ground up, we've done it all before. It's just the fitment of different panels and a few different things. So, um, you know, in the next two days, we'll, we'll run the car, um, run the cars at Winton, and that will be a a bit of a systems check, basically, making sure the new wiring works, making sure there's no issues with anything. And then we go to Tail and Ben to really delve into, um, you know, feeling what the car is like compared to our old one. Do we have to change or adapt their driving style a little bit? What's the fuel economy like? What's the mapping like? How's the drivability of the engine? Yeah, yeah, that test day will be a big one for us. And so um, I'm not concerned, you know, but but I I do think that there will be some work to do at the front end of the year to... To catch up, because whilst we're we're flat out making Mustangs, that's a huge step forward for us. But the people that have had Mustangs and have had the Commodores spent their entire off season improving their package, and so we haven't we've improved our package as far as we've swapped from one manufacturer to the other. But as far as refining it and improving the things that they've been working on, we haven't done that yet. Touching on the Mustang, obviously that's that's big news, and that was big news at the end of the last year with you guys changing with the success of. DJR Team Penske and, and obviously Tickford last year who are very, very strong as well. Absolutely. Does that give you um, a really good positive, I guess, look towards 2020? And and also, you know, have you had a lot of input into what's actually happened at the aero tests and, and all that sort of thing? Uh, no, not, no, not much input into the aero test. Um, obviously, you've got a very strong homologation team with yeah, Penske together with Ford Performance. Um, you, you got a lot of confidence from what they did last year, but um, you just don't know what it's going to be like until you hit the track. I mean, this time last year, f- from our understanding, we were looking very good. We got told that the results from the aero test are the closest they've ever been, and it's all rosy. And then you hit the track and work out that you know that there's actually a fairly that's crap. <laughs> you got fed a line. That yeah. was crap. You got belted by the yeah. Mustangs last year. Yeah, but... you know, and so. That was a that was a bummer for us. So you you know you just got to experience it for yourself as to how you fare compared to them, and that's what we're going to have to do, you know, in the first few rounds from this year. Because you know last year was really disappointing, given given what we were hoping for, and also what we had in 2018. I mean, we we had the race win at Winton, had a handful of podiums for myself, a pole position at Darwin, and we were we you know that's not as much 
um, trophy, silverware is what you'd like, but it was a, a yeah. step forward for us. We we pushed forward into the top 10. We had like 10 races where we qualified in the top five in a row, and it was coming alive. And then, you know, we had that, that change area-wise. And it, this should hopefully be a bit of a reset back to, you know, hopefully similar to where we left off at 2018, and then we can can sort of forge forward from there, hopefully. What does a successful year for Kelly Racing look like? Is it... Is it dust collectors back at the factory trophies? Is it is it reliability? Is it competitiveness combination? What is it? What does a good year for Kelly Racing look like this year? Right at the start of the at the start of the season, give us your prediction as to where you're going to end up. Well, I won't predict, um, you know, because I just there's too many unknowns. But in my mind, what would be successful is for us to have prepared a car that will give us an opportunity to be at the front if we do a good job. So, you know, largely last year. If we did a great job, you might be grabbing eights to tenths or eights to twelve. Yeah. That's not what you go to the racetrack for. So, um, we'd, I'd love to have worked hard with the team over the off season to provide ourselves with that opportunity where we know if we go there and we do a good job of driving, we nail the strategy, the setup's good, and the team performs well, that we can be bringing home a trophy, and, and that's where it's at. And then that helps us understand, you know, where we're at as a team and where we're at as a driver, and, and it helps us refine that and move forward. And, that's going to really bring a lot of life back into our team because when you've been in a situation where you know that you can't, uh, you know, you know that it's unlikely you'll win a race, even if you do a great job, it's really hard from a driver's point of view, engineer, team, and whoever to keep the motivation going and, and keep that hunger and that drive when you know that, that you haven't got the same opportunity. So you got to, we, we just got to put ourselves in the position where we have that opportunity and then we can get the hunger back and get the result. Well, Rico, with you and Andre piloting these new Mustangs, I don't think it'll be very long before we see you guys at the pointy end. Rick Kelly is our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR or visit imar.com.au. Rick, thanks for joining us to kick off the new year and best of luck at the Adelaide 500. I appreciate it. Thanks very much. See you guys there. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.